Hey, this is Pastor Allen. I'm the lead pastor here at First Baptist Church of Naples, and we are so happy that you have chosen to join us as we go through God's Word together. God's doing some amazing things here, and we pray that God's Word will transform you from the inside out. Our mission here is to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus Christ of all peoples. And our hope is, is that you are being a disciple that makes disciples. Now, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to join us either in person or continuing online as we go into God's Word together every week. But if you are a member of another church, we don't want this to be in any way, shape, form, or fashion a substitute for you being connected to your local body. So our prayer is, is that God uses His Word to change you and to change others. So we pray that God will use you and this message for His glory. Have a great day. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark 15, just like Pastor Alan said, my name is Justin. I get to serve on our pastoral team here, and so I haven't met you. I'm so glad and excited to dig into God's Word today as we look at the impact of the cross, as we think about the, the impact that the cross of Jesus can have in our own life, and we look at the event that took place and how that event changes everything. Have you ever noticed how some events or some moments seem to matter more than others? There seems to be some events or moments that happen that maybe even shape how you view all the events before that. So maybe there's some personal things like your marriage or the day you have kids or the birth of one of your kids or maybe even the loss of a loved one. We can see that different events personally matter to us in a different way. But then there's also some things that happen on a countrywide or global scale that we look back and think, man, that happened and that changed all the other moments after that. Today is June 4th. In two days, we will commemorate D-Day. So June 6, 1944, we remember all the servicemen who gave their life on the beaches of Normandy. My grandpa served in World War II in the Navy and was in a medic ship off the beaches of Normandy. But when we look and we see everything that happened in our world since that day is affected by this moment. We think of the freedoms we have. Most historians believe that this being the largest invasion by water turned the tides in World War II. Only a year after this, Germany surrendered and the Allied forces were victorious in the European front. So we see that day was a more important, you know, that event shapes even how we live right now in our country, in our world. You may think of August 28th, 1963, and we see that there was a man on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial giving a speech talking about things that need to change in our country. And that man was Martin Luther King, and he was talking about the civil rights that need to change, some of the segregation and some of the laws that we have. And that event, there were lots of events in the civil rights movement, but many historians point to August 28th to say, hey, that was a unifying event that changed the course of our history. Now, we're not a perfect country, but we can look back to the inspiration of Dr. King and even that day to say, wow, we have come so far. Or you may look at January 9th, 2007, and there was a man named Steve Jobs in a company 
called Apple that says, hey, I, we're gonna roll out a new phone that you're going to be able to text, you're gonna be able to listen to music, you're gonna be able to check email, you're gonna be able to get on the internet from your phone. And most people thought, that's crazy. Why would we want to get on our internet on our phone? I remember telling my wife when, I, when she got an iPhone, I had my flip phone, you know, my Samsung flip phone, and I said, why would I ever text you when I can call you? Like, why would I sit there and type out something? And then fast forward to the day, I tell my kids and my wife, why'd you call me? Just text me what you needed. <laughs> or if you're like me, you keep all your texts so I can see what I said to someone the last time. But we look, January 9th, 2007, that moment that he rolled that out, or whenever you got the iPhone, it changed everything. Now, some for the good, maybe some for the bad, but we view these moments based on that event based on that moment that shaped every other moment. And we all ex exist in moments, but we experience them differently. And we all have different interactions and experiences with them. Today, we're going to look at an event that happened over 2,000 years ago that doesn't just impact this life here on earth, but has the potential to impact eternity. There was a man named Jesus who was the son of God who died on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of sins. But what I wanna to say to you this morning, that that truth or that fact that Jesus died on the cross doesn't change everything until you personally receive and accept that. And so what we wanna look at is that the impact of the cross is seen by the imprint it has on our lives. Or that the significance of the cross is seeing how it shapes our life. So you may hear this today and it just be like, oh yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross, but do you believe he died on the cross for you? Or you may say, oh, I've grown up in church. I know this story. Well, this morning my prayer is that God, it's not just another story we've heard, but that it's an event or a moment that changes how we live every day. Because when we receive Jesus, our life is changed but when we receive Jesus, our life has changed every day. So in November of 1986, I stepped from death to life and became a follower of Jesus because of the cross. But June 4th this morning, man, I walked in that truth and, it's, and I'm changed every day because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so this morning, I want us to look at the impact of the cross and that the cross changes everything. We're gonna read Mark chapter 15. I'm gonna invite you to stand in honor of God's word. We're not gonna read the whole chapter. We're gonna read verses 31 through 38 as we look at the impact of the cross. Verse 31, so also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, he saved others, but he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he is calling Elijah. 
And someone ran and filled his buns with, the sour, with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you that for the blood that was shed. We thank you for the new life that we find here in the cross. And this morning, my prayer is that this will not be a story we've heard many times over, but as the living, active word of God, it will pierce our hearts to see how should we live differently because of the cross. Spirit, I pray that you would use your words, Father, that the Spirit would convict us, would correct us, would train us for all righteousness that comes from you. So Lord, meet with us in this place. You be our teacher, you be our guide, and let us live differently because of we have met with you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. As we look and see the impact of the cross and the impact of Jesus dying on the cross, changing everything that we do, we have to ask, if the cross is gonna be impactful, we have to ask, is it important to us? Because nothing's gonna be impactful in our life until we raise the importance of it. And we're gonna see that the death of Christ is important because it brings us from darkness to light. It brings us from the wearing the weight of guilt and shame to Jesus taking our iniquity. And we're also seeing that Jesus dying on the cross provides a way to the Father. But here's the most important thing before we dive into that. I don't want you to miss the message of the cross. You see, we can hear the message and leave and go eat lunch and go hang out with our families and miss the point of the cross. The point of the cross was that Jesus, the sinless son of God, took our place, bore our sin, that we could find forgiveness and new life in him. And so we need to embrace the cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. So that's kind of where we're going. But as we look at this, my prayer is that God would just use these to remind us of this story we've heard over and over. How does that live out in our everyday life? Because the story of Jesus is not something that is long ago, but the story of Jesus is real and true and applicable to our everyday life. Because the impact of the cross will be seen when the cross has an imprint in how we live our life. And so when we look and see the impact of the cross or the importance of the cross, we have to understand where we are. If you've flown any time and you get off after you go to the bathroom and maybe see where your connection, you see, hey, I'm gonna go find something to eat or find out where, you know what, the restaurant I wanna go to or get some water, you go to a board and what's the most important thing for you to find first? Or maybe you're in a mall and if you go to the mall and you say, I wanna go to this store or I wanna go shop here, you're standing in front of a kiosk, what's the first thing? Whether you're in an airport or a mall, you have to find out. Where you are, normally it's a red star or a white star or a dot, and it says, you are here. And so before we dive in to how are we gonna live out the cross, we have to understand why do we have the cross? Why do we need the cross? And very simply, it's we need the cross because we can't save ourselves and we are sinful. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned 
and fall short of the glory of God. Because you are a human being, I know that you are sinful. And you may be like, preacher, you don't even know me. But I know because of God's word, but the same is true for you. You may say, I don't know you. Well, you can know that I'm a sinner. Because I was born and because of Adam, we see that we were born into sin and we are all sinned and separated from God. And so we have to come to that place and realize that we are sinners separated from God. Because if you do not realize you're a sinner separated from God, you don't need a savior who died on a cross. And so this morning, hopefully I'm not, you know what, deflating your ego, but I'm giving you a dose of reality that we are all sinners. If you need any, you know what, examples of that, Miss Joanne can have you serve in preschool and you can see all the, you know what, little children that we get to minister to are that are sinners. They don't listen, they're disobedient, but we just get better at it the older we get. But when we look and see, Jesus was beaten, mocked, scourged for our sin. So the importance of Christ is seen in that he took our penalty on the cross. But we can see the importance. Look in verse 33, where it says, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So Jesus was being crucified and all of a sudden the lights went out. And this is more than just an eclipse. This is a visible sign that the curse of God was being dealt with once and for all. You saw this in the plagues in Israel when we see that darkness covered the earth. It's a sign of the curse of God resting on the land. And I want you to see when Jesus, the Son of God, the light of the world, stepped into darkness so that we could find and have light. So when we look and see the darkness for three hours, that is a picture that apart from Christ, we are wandering in darkness. So a part of being sinful, separated from God, is that we are going to tend towards darkness. That's why Paul, all throughout his letters, says, put off what? The deeds of darkness and put on the light of God. And so when we look and we see that Jesus, being the light of the world, took on our darkness, and what we see this morning, another kind of like the reality check is that we do not have to live in darkness. We don't have to live separated from God under his curse. Jesus took our curse to take us from darkness to light. And you may say, I have a pretty good life. I don't live in darkness. And I will say to you, man, woman, boy, or girl, there will be a time in your life, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime where you're going to be in a dark place. Maybe we talk about, you know, a loss of a job, loss of a loved one, and you look around and you feel like you don't have any hope. And I want you to remember, Jesus is the one that took our darkness so that we may have light. You don't have to live in darkness. Jesus offers us the light of salvation. Jesus shines the light in the dark places in our life. Jesus knows everything about who we are. He took on darkness so that we could have the light of his forgiveness. So when we look and see the importance of the cross is that there was darkness when Jesus took the sin of the world. The light 
broke through the darkness and Jesus defeated death, defeated Satan, defeated darkness so that we could have the light of the world. And when we look and see also the importance, we can hear the importance in verse 34. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is quoting Psalm 22 here because we see the sinless son of God for the first time in eternity crying out to his father because there's separation. Jesus was fully God and fully man. And as fully man, we see that he is taking on the sin of the world and bearing our sin and our shame. The writer of Isaiah in chapter 53 verse six said it this way. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our, to our own way and the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Now iniquity just means our sin, our shame. And so what the writer of Isaiah said thousands years before this is, hey, there's gonna come a day when Jesus comes and he is going to take our sin. And what Jesus, when he says, why have you forsaken me? He is feeling the separation from God. And what I want you to see is that Jesus took on our sins so that we don't have to feel separated, but that he could be a way to God. The gospel writer in John, in chapter 14, verse six, Jesus says this, I am what? The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is our way. He has overcome the justice of God and become our perfect sacrifice. You see, the cross is important because it dispels the darkness. The cross is important because Jesus paid for our sin. It's the great exchange. We bring our sin, our guilt, our junk, and he gives us forgiveness, new life, hope. And so when we see that the cross changes everything, it's because God takes our junk and gives us his treasure. He who knew no sin took on sin. Why? So that he might be sin on our behalf. There has to be a penalty paid for sin and Jesus paid that penalty so that we can have forgiveness of sin. When we look and see the impact of the cross, the importance of it, the darkness being dispelled, the sin being paid for, and access to Jesus, look at, or access to God. Look at verse 38. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, to top to bottom. Now the temple in the Old Testament was where you could go and offer sacrifices for the forgiveness of sin. We see there without forgiveness, without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin. So they had all these animal sacrifices to shed their blood so that we could have forgiveness of sin. And so in the temple, there was a holy of holies that only a certain part of the priest could go into and offer a sacrifice. There's all these things where they had a rope tied around because if they were to die, you couldn't even go in there because they would pull them out because they didn't want to come close to the presence of God so they wouldn't be killed. We saw in the Old Testament, Moses, let me look upon your face because anybody who looks on God will be killed. Think about when the ark was being transported and the guy was like, hey, I don't want to fall and he touches it, he dies. So when Jesus died on the cross, 
the veil, the curtain that was separating the outer court to the holy of holies was torn, not by man from bottom to top, but by God from top to bottom to say, we can have access to God. We can have access to God through Jesus Christ, his son, and his death on the cross. So when we look at and see, why is the cross important? It brings us from darkness to light. It, It pays the penalty for our sin. And it provides us access. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through religious practice. Paul says in Romans, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We have direct access, all through Hebrews, we have direct access to Jesus. When we look and we see the event that changed everything, Jesus dying on the cross offered that for you and for me as a part of God's redemptive plan. But when we look and see the idea of Jesus being despised, rejected, and condemned so that you and I would never have to be despised, rejected, or condemned, we have to receive that and walk in it. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, Christ offers suffered... For Christ also suffered once for sins. Because we see the blood of Christ, he was the perfect sacrifice, the once and for all. He suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous. We are the unrighteous. We are the sinners. We are here. Jesus was the sinless son of God who took on our sin. That what? That we could work to God? That we could be good enough to God? No, that he might bring us to God. So when we look and think, how do we get to God? Through the cross, through Jesus. Jesus brings us. It's not because of how good you are, how much you give to the church, where you live, who your parents are. We get to God through Jesus Christ and the cross. So when we look and see, what are you going to do with the cross? Because what you do with the cross shapes everything. I mean, it changes everything in your life. More important than where you live or where you work, it's what are you going to do with Jesus? And mainly the reason is because it shapes eternity. It shapes everything about your life. But then the question is, it's not just knowing about Jesus, but receiving him. And it's about embracing the cross of Christ and allowing him, us to die to ourselves so that we can be alive to Jesus. But here's the sad thing is we can miss it. You can miss the point of the cross. I mean, you can hear about Jesus. You can know about the cross. You can even say, hey, I've seen Jesus do some things and totally miss it. You know, maybe guys, it's like, hey, the point of all the pillows on our bed, you know, it's like we put 40 pillows on our bed and then we take 40 pillows off and we put 40 pillows back on. You may be like, why do we do that? I don't know. Maybe one day we'll find out and see, you know what, missing the point of the pillows. You know what, parents, it could be you go on vacation to enjoy family time, but then you do what? You end up fighting over the perfect picture and trying to get everything together. Or maybe parents, you're like us, and it's like, we want our kids to have a great birthday party, but you end up getting onto your kids because they messed up the perfect party you planned, even though you planned the party for them to have fun. When we look and see, there's lots of things in life where we miss the point. We're like, I don't understand. 
don't understand why that happened. I don't understand the point of all this. But let's be clear. We understand exactly what the point of Jesus. He tells us, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus died on the cross to fulfill God's plan and to offer his life as a sacrifice for me and you. I don't want to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it because I want you to spend eternity worshiping Jesus because he can change your life. I want his story to radically change your story. But when we look in Mark 15, there are people who missed it. When we look at verse one, it says, as soon as it was morning, the chief priest led a, held a consultation consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. So the religious people saw Jesus heal the sick, feed the multitudes, teach in their synagogues. But as we heard last week, they came through night, arrested him, brought him in front of the religious Jewish council and found him guilty of treason. But the Jewish council could not kill him. So religious councils couldn't um, oversee capital offenses. So that's when they said, hey, we've got to bring him to Pilate so that we can ultimately get rid of this guy. But how did the religious people who were looking for a Messiah to come miss Jesus? How did they miss him so badly? I think many times it's because they cared more about the religious practices than, what, than the reason why they were doing them. I think the chief priests and the scribes and the religious people cared more about their power and control than they did about seeing God move in a mighty way. And we see that the chief priests were people who were saying, hey God, if you would do this, and if you would do this, then I would believe. But I think their hearts were far from God, and they would have never believed. Look in verse 32. We started with this at the beginning. It said, let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, that we may see and believe. That's the chief priest again. Do you think if Jesus came off the cross, they would have believed? I don't. I think they had it in their mind, in their heart, that this guy is messing up my system. This guy is messing up what I hold dear rather than believing in Jesus. Now, when we think about missing the point, before we get too kind of high and saying, you know, on our horse and saying, oh, I would never be like the chief priest. Many times in our life, how many times do we show up to church, not because we want to worship Jesus, but just because we have to be here? How many times do we just go through religious practices so people don't really know what's going on in our heart? You see, I don't want to miss Jesus because I'm trying to perform religious practices and miss the heart of God. When we look and see, the cross did not transform our lives so that we can do a bunch of religious practices. The religious practices are there to point us to the heart of Christ. Now, I'm not saying you're, you're always gonna have these ooey-gooey feelings for Jesus, but you know, and I know, I mean, I, I'm a preacher, I work here at church. There are times when I read my Bible and I don't want to. And there are times where I just like, I'd rather just stay home at church. 
Just don't tell Alan all these things here. But we think about we can be like the priest. And we can say, Jesus, why can't I just do what I want to do? But I want us to see the cross changes that. When I don't want to come to church, I'm reminded that Jesus bled and died for my sins. And when you sit and you say, wow, the old rugged cross. Man, the emblem of shame has now become my emblem of victory. God does something. You know, when you say, I don't want to read my Bible, but when I sit down and open it up, God changes my heart. And so when we look and we see, I don't want us to miss Christ. I don't want you to walk in the doors every day and sit in these chairs and go home and miss Jesus. Because the chief priest did, and it's easy to do. But I want us to be honest with God and say, God, because of what you did on the cross, change my life, change my heart, not just once, but for every day. The second person who missed it was Pilate. Pilate was a high-ranking Roman official. But he asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, you've said so. And then he asked him again, and Jesus said nothing. And Pilate was amazed at him. So this is a guy that's very important, very much you know, has a lot of power and control, was amazed at Jesus of Nazareth. And he knew that he was only there in verse 10. Pilate knew the only reason Jesus was standing in front of him was because the chief priests and the religious people were envious of Jesus. But did Pilate say, hey, I'm going to, you know what, believe and follow Jesus? No. He sentenced him to death. He even tried to get him off. He says, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll release a prisoner and I'll kind of rig it where it has to be Jesus. And the crowd says, oh, you think you're going to rig it? You know, do you want Jesus, the king of the Jews, or do you want Barabbas? They're like, Barabbas. And he's like, well, what do you do with Jesus? The same crowds that said, Hosanna, Hosanna, a week later are saying what? Crucify him. Crucify him. So Pilate says, in the other gospels, he washes his hands, but he really didn't wash his hands. He sentenced him to death. Because of his personal ambition, because of his religious I mean, not religious, but because of his political aspirations, he says, I'll just sentence him to death. But what he didn't realize, what, he wasn't the king of the Jews. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And Pilate wanted to see that, hey, this one is one that will stand above every king. And that we see in scripture that the hearts of kings are moved by God the Father, God the Son, and his spirit. So we see that Pilate sentenced the one to death that guides and directs everything. You see, Pilate missed it. He missed the Son of God because he was too worried about his own personal ambition and his own political aspirations. I want to say, you know what? Many times we can get the same way. Oh, I've got to get this. I have to get ahead. Or our political. We care more about what political party we serve than the Jesus that we follow. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is in control. We serve Jesus. And so when we look and see, man, we want to first serve Jesus and allow him not to miss being used by him in all arenas of our life. The third group that missed Jesus was the crowds. They were stirred up. Popular opinion. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus. We got to crucify him. It says the chief priests were going around stirring everyone up. 
And the crowds miss Jesus because of the popular opinion of the religious leaders. And so we see Jesus died on the cross because the crowds were saying, crucify him. And then the last that we see that missed the point of the cross, missed who Jesus was, was the soldiers. They were numb to the reality of what they were doing. It says the soldiers in verse 16 led him away inside the palace and they called together the whole battalion. Now a battalion is around 600 soldiers. So you have 600 soldiers who were trained men who killed and crucified hundreds of people. And so here they have this man named Jesus and they missed that he's the son of God and started mocking him, putting a crown of thorns on his head, putting a purple robe and saying, oh, who's this king? They spit on him. They mocked him and they missed Jesus. You see, Jesus died on the cross for them and they missed understanding and receiving the Jesus could, could, that could save, ultimately save their life. But whether it be the religious people, whether it be Pilate, the crowds, or the soldiers, there's one common denominator in all of the reason why they missed Jesus. It's because of their selfishness. They were so focused on themselves that they didn't see Jesus. Church family, we have to die to self so that we may become alive to Christ. Jesus didn't come just to add a few religious practices to your life. He came to give you new life. Jesus didn't come for a relational partnership. He came for a radical takeover. And so when we look at the cross and why it changes everything is because we must die. That's why Paul said in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So this morning, I urge you, the event that can change everything is the cross of Christ, but you gotta receive it. You've gotta walk into it. You've got to willingly say, I have been crucified with Christ. I have died so that I can find life. Because if you try to find your life in this world, the Bible says you will lose it. But Jesus says, when you lose your life for my sake, that is when you find it. That is when you no longer darkness, no longer guilt and shame, no longer separated from God, but we have access to him. So this morning, I want us not to miss the point, but to embrace the cross of Jesus. We're gonna look at people who embrace the cross because in the gospel writer of Luke, Jesus says, if anyone wants to follow me, what does he have to do? He has to deny himself, he has to pick up his cross, and he has to follow me. So we looked at missing the point was wrapped up in self, so we have to deny ourselves, And then we have to pick up our cross. Look in verse 21. We see a man who was a foreigner. His name was Simon of Cyrene. Cyrene is in northern Africa, probably where Libya is. So in the diaspora, which is just when, you know what, the Jews were dispersed, he got dispersed there, so he was coming back to Jerusalem to offer Passover. He had his son, Alexander and Rufus. I mean, you know, if your name's not Rufus, then you can thank your father. It's like, hey, Alex and Rufus. I don't know how he got the short end of the stick on that one. But Simon of Cyrene is sitting there 
watching these people being led to their deaths, and the Roman guards looked at them and said, hey, you, carry this man's cross, because we see as a part of the execution, they had to carry their cross beam. Jesus had been beaten so badly and was so weak he couldn't, so Simon had to carry the cross for Jesus. I think that's a beautiful picture of what we are asked to do today. We have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross. We have to pick up the cross of Jesus. If we want to be raised with Jesus, we have to die. If we want the resurrection life, we have to live the crucified life. And so the Romans are telling Simon, hey, you got to pick up the cross. He had no choice. We have a choice. Will we pick up the cross or will we live selfishly the way we want to live? May Simon be an example. Let us pick up our cross, die to ourselves, and follow Jesus. What do you need to lay down so that you can embrace the cross? Because you can't carry the cross in prestige. You can't carry the cross in your money. You can't carry the cross, but you got to lay everything down so that we can pick up the cross. What do you need to lay down this morning to embrace the cross of Christ? Because the impact of the cross will be seen in how it imprints into your life. So when you pick up your cross, you'll live differently, like Simon. The second person who embraced the cross was the centurion. So we have a foreigner who's coming in, and we have a Roman guard. Now this is when it gets crazy all throughout the gospel. So this Roman guard who was leading his torture, his mocking, his execution, when Jesus gave up his life and said, it is finished, He looked at him and said, the way he breathed his last, the way he gave up his life, surely this is who? The son of God. He didn't say, oh, this is a really good man. He said, surely this is the son of God. It's the first time in the book of Mark that a human being has declared the deity of Jesus. And it was a Roman guard. So when you look and you say, Justin, you don't know who I've been. You don't know what I've done. There's a Roman guard who is declaring the deity of Jesus. I want you to see when we look and come to the cross, when we look and see the cross is the intersection where God meets humanity. Saving confession is not predicated on prior knowledge, proximity to Jesus, or privilege. It is rather an act of faith in a divinely revealed act of atonement. When we look at Jesus, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Amen? I mean, when we look and see, Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're not worthy. We're all unworthy. That's why Paul says in Romans 5, 8, while you were really good people, Jesus died for you. That's not what he says. He just says, oh, because all you came to church, Jesus died for you. He says, while you were sinners, While we were separated from God, while we were all messed up, Jesus died for you. So when he was on the cross, he was dying for people who were living apart from Jesus. He took on our sin so that we can know the love of the Father. A Roman guard recognized it. My prayer is that he would break through any hard heart this morning to say, truly, he is the Son of God. That's the power of the cross. When we look and see, we have a foreigner, we have a Roman guard, and in verse 40, 
we see there were also women looking on from a distance. So we have Mary, who Jesus cleansed from demons. We have Mary, who was the, the mother of James the Younger. And then we have Salome, who was James and John, the sons of thunder's mom. If you remember her, she was like, Jesus, my boys are gonna be at your right and left, aren't they? So we have these women that are there. So we have a foreigner, we have a Roman guard, and we have women, and it says that these women were disciples of Jesus all through Galilee, and they followed him and ministered to him. And these women were going to be eyewitnesses. Mark is writing this so you can say, hey, y'all know the Marys, you know Salome. Go talk to them, because they were there at the cross. They were there anointing his body at the burial, and they will be the first ones to see what? His resurrection. Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter who you are, man, woman, Jew, Gentile, good person, bad person, we're all found new and made new at the cross of Christ. And when we look and see the foreigner picked up the cross, the Roman guard declared, and I believe a, a saving declaration that Jesus is who he says he is and can do what he says he is gonna do. And these women were disciples of Jesus who ministered and served and were, account, were eyewitnesses to the account of what Jesus can do. Several people had left, but not these women. They were right there. Their faithfulness. When we embrace Jesus, we'll have obedience, I believe we'll have courage and we'll have faithfulness to God. It will change how we live our life. And lastly, we see Joseph of Arimathea. He was a religious guy. He was someone in verse 42 that was a prominent member of the ruling party. He had power, he had clout. And in other gospels, it was almost like he was a little shy. He was like Nicodemus, you know, when he came to Jesus at night. Joseph of Arimathea is like, man, I wanna know about the kingdom of God. He's looking for the kingdom of God. But he was a little standoffish until what? Until he saw the cross. And then he took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised that he was dead because Jesus gave up his life. The Romans didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave up his life for you and for me. And we see a powerful man find courage. We see a group of women be faithful because when they embrace the cross and the power that is there, our lives are changed forever. So when we look, the message of the cross can be denied or rejected, but the one thing it cannot be is accepted and then ignored. You can't say, oh yeah, I know Jesus, and not allow it to change your life. When we look and see, what are you going to do with the cross of Jesus? Maybe this morning, you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe the cross has just been a distant story or the cross has just been something that you've heard about but you've never received it personally. This morning, I just want you to come face to face with the God of this universe who loved you, who sent his son, stepped out of heaven, took on flesh, took our sin, and died on the cross for you. Man, will you give your life to him? Will you confess your sin? And will you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? And will you confess him as Savior and Lord and live a life differently? Because in this moment, you could receive Jesus and every moment after that would change. Is that you this morning? Do you need to give your life to Christ? Or you may be like me. I gave my life to Christ when I was seven years old. 
But this morning, I want to give my life to Christ again. I want to live my life in view of the cross. Man, I want to live courageously like Joseph did. I want to be faithful like the women were. I want to be obedient like Simon. And I want to die to myself so that I can live to Christ. You can't be so wrapped up in yourself that you miss Jesus. How do you need to die to self so that through the cross so that you can live for Jesus. What is Jesus calling you to do and what is keeping you from that? Believer, I want to just encourage you. Live for Jesus and you will never be disappointed. I didn't say you're never gonna want or you're never gonna have bad things happen or you're never gonna have difficult days, but you will never be disappointed because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. And that's not here in this world but that's a joy, a hope, and a peace that no one can take from you. You see, the beaches of Normandy changed our freedoms. Man, the steps with Martin Luther King changed laws and changed the, con the contours of our world. A man named Steve Jobs changed our interaction with each other, but a man named Jesus laid down his life to change your life forever. And so when we look this morning, let's place our hands in the hands of Jesus. Let's place our life in the life of Jesus. And if Jesus died on the cross for us, let us say, I'll be there too. Because I want to live the resurrected life. Paul said, you know what? If we want to live with Jesus, we have to die with him. And so this morning, let's die to ourselves so that we can be alive to Christ. I just want everybody to bow their heads and just spend a moment where we ask, God, well, what are you leading me to do in light of the cross? It's not just a story. Jesus wasn't just a man. He was the sinless son of God who took on my sin. Lord, what do I need to lay down? What do I need to put to death in my life so that I can live for you? Maybe this morning you need to give your life to Christ. Maybe you just need to talk to a pastor or pray. I'm gonna pray for us and then Thomas is gonna lead us in a song where we are declaring that we need more of Jesus and less of ourselves. Father, I pray for my church family. I pray for me that, Lord, we would continue to die to ourselves so we become alive to you. That, Father, we would not be so wrapped up in our own power, control, and ourself that we miss Jesus. Lord, we want to embrace you. We want to walk with you. We want to see you. And we want to live differently because of it. Lord, we thank you that the impact of the cross changes the imprint of my life. Lord, do a work in us that we can't do in ourselves. In your name I pray, amen. Let's stand and sing. Maybe you need to come pray. Maybe you need to talk with someone. We would pray that the Lord would lead you and you would respond to him this morning. So let's sing. Thank you for joining us as we go through God's Word together. I pray again that God will transform you from the inside out. So as we say here at first, you have come to church. Go out and be the church. Have a great week of worship. We can't wait to see you soon.